0: Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody. The podcast where we talk with people behind the top nonprofit galas and signature fundraising events to showcase how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli. And today I'm really excited to have two special guests on. It's Liz Bauer, Liz Ballard, and Bill Evans, and Liz is the executive director for the for the Texas Rose Festival and the Tyler Rose Museum. And Bill Evans is a board member overseeing the Texas Rose Festival. And for those of you who are not familiar with this event, it is, they're celebrating their 90th year, not 19th, 90th year, so they really, understand how to really engage a community at a really deep level that allows for all aspects of the community to really experience a beautiful public space that is on the National Registry of Historic Places. And we'll talk a little bit about that further. But without further ado, Liz, Bill, welcome. And we're so excited to have you both on today. Thank you so much. Awesome. So Liz, talk a little bit about what um, what the mission of the Tyler Rose Festival is
1: well actually the whole mission when the um rose festival began it all started in 1933 with a local family that had been to a a the chicago world's fair actually and they had seen an amazing display of roses that they inquired well where did those roses come from and unbeknownst to them they discovered they had been shipped in by a train from a small town in Texas. So they said, well, how did this, you know, what small town in Texas? Cause we're, we're traveling. And they said, well, actually there's this, there's this rose growing, you know, it's such a um, big deal down there, but they were brought in from Tyler, Texas. And so they got so excited. They're like, well, ironically we're from Tyler and they got back home and collaborated with a group of community leaders. And they They discovered that this 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 rose industry was something that we really needed to put ourselves on the map. And they put together a rose festival with some garden clubs in six weeks time. So and since 1933, the whole mission has been to promote Tyler and Smith County, uh, attracting commerce and tourism. Um, Every small town needs a festival. So this happened to be the one that put us on the map. And then we're um, all promoting the Rose industry. And at this time, it's history, celebrating community volunteerism and instilling community pride. So for this is our 90th year, and we are still actively doing that mission.
0: That's amazing. And what I love is, you know, because I always say that no, I don't want to say no event is an original idea. And people just incorporate things from elsewhere. And I just find it so fascinating that what are the odds that someone from Tyler was in Chicago, saw them at the World's Fair, asked where they got the roses from, and it was that same town. Yes. And that, it, it, that is just, it goes to show, always ask, and always be open to asking questions, because from that beget something that, you know, really is such an important fa- fabric of the DNA of Tyler. So yes. that's a really interesting story. and I wasn't aware of that particular backstory. but I think that's fascinating. And you know, the one thing that's very wonderful about the and the Rose Festival is it really does involve one generation to the next. And you know, I want to ask this question of each of you, but I want to start with Bill is you know, how did you initially get involved with the Texas Rose Festival?
2: well, Actually, kind of some back history here, because I'm not originally from Tyler or from Texas. I'm from Arkansas, and my wife and I met at University of Arkansas. My very first visit to Tyler, Texas, was when her younger sister in 94 was in the Rose Festival. So I come to Tyler to meet her family, and all of a sudden we're having a Rose Festival, and I'm like, what is this? (laughs) Like, It's kind of hard to... Kind of under, it's hard to understand when you've never seen anything like this before because it was four days of just activities and and uh, events and things like that, luncheons and which we'll get into all that stuff. So that was my that was my first initial to Tyler and I'm like whoa. So my wife and I would get married, we come back to Tyler. Of course, her family has always been involved. Her sisters they were in it. Then all of a sudden, I have two daughters and. Uh, being in the festival I always volunteered. I kind of helped out with the strutters, which is the parade. I had a bunch of friends that were in the strutters and I would help in the parade and just do things like that. Well how I really initially got involved, more so involved. I was always involved in the community and different uh, different nonprofits and things that I've done. So I've always been involved. But in 17, the current president of the Rose Festival shows up at my house to ask my daughter to be his queen. So I ended up having a queen in the Rhodes Festival, my oldest daughter. And then two years later, my youngest daughter, Lauren, was uh, a lady-in-waiting. And then it was pretty much that, the outgoing president. We have five officers that are on the board. We have the current president, and I'm right below him right now. I'm in charge of the coronation this year. I'll be president next year, and there's three gentlemen below me. So you kind of work your way up from the first year. It's a five-year commitment. But the outgoing president asks, the next the the new oncoming board member uh to be on the board and the outgoing president at that time was brad curtis and he came to me and asked if i would be to serve on the board for the next five-year commitment so that's how i really got onto the board um and once you're in you're in You're, (laughs) you're involved and it's and i'm telling you it's it's been a I've enjoyed it very much so, because in the beginning, me not understanding very much, I wasn't from here. It's very generational. I mean, this has been 90 years, so people are involved. I mean, there are hundreds of volunteers that are in this uh, event, and it's it's a big wheel that is run very nicely by Liz. Uh, she's pretty much by herself with two people that help her out, and it's hundreds of volunteers, and, I mean, it is just a machine that is very well greased the wheel is greased very well Liz does a great job with it keeping it all going
0: well it's great that you say that and you know I love and it kind of and I know you're friends with um Lisa Cooley who's also been a guest on this show and you know she once said it takes a village and really it's a village of volunteers to really make that happen and you know Liz I really admire the work that you and you know the full-time team which is a relatively small one to you know be able to attract so many people in the community to do that. You know, talk a little bit about, you know, first, you know, your initial involvement with the Texas Rose Festival and how you initially got involved, you know, in your younger days and, you know, what makes you so passionate about it as well?
1: Well, I think um, a little backstory about how I made it to Tyler is my husband and I uh, graduated from Texas A&M and we made it to Tyler in 1995. So at that time, I went to work for a company, Swans Furniture Company, which has been in business since 1895. So that family is very well rooted in the community, and they had had um, many family members throughout the years volunteering, participating. And as it came to be moving to Tyler, It's um, our community is such a uh, Philanthropic, what can we do to help? And how do we get involved? Um, not just in our jobs and our home lives, but being, you know, being part of the fabric of our of our city. So I actually got involved probably back in the late 90s um, participating. I had volunteered pretty much in the summer. It was hard for me to do in the fall because it was furniture season, you know, in October market in High Point always happened to fall on the same weekend as this. So my involvement was more um, volunteering and helping in the summer times, predominantly for the kickoff party, but we would monetarily support luncheons and things like that throughout the year. Um, But it's, it's, it's been great. Um, I've also done a lot of other non, you know. Other nonprofit organizations, Junior League, um, cattle barons, of course, and some other uh, other groups. And this opportunity came to me. I had taken a hiatus from the retail world, which I'd been in over you know 25 years, and it was um, just a great opportunity. The door opened. the um, The lady who had the position before me was retiring, or actually going home to be a mom, and. I um, I had been home being a mom for a minute and school started up and I'm like, well, the, this opportunity arose and I'm like, I think, I think it'd be a great fit because when I wasn't working, I was a hundred percent volunteering. So this, this was just a, a win-win for me. And this is my 10th year now to be involved as the executive director.
0: You know, that's great. And one thing that I really appreciate about both of your stories and what it has in common is that neither of you are Tyler natives. And, you know, a lot of... um, a lot of folks, especially in maybe some smaller markets, are always like, "Oh well, you know, the society seems closed, and I can't necessarily, you know, I can't necessarily get involved." Um, and Tyler's always had a very welcoming and open reputation, so I'm not the least bit surprised, you know, hearing that that neither of you mm-hmm. originally hailed from Tyler. You know, what what advice could each of you share on someone who maybe is in a smaller market that wants to kind of break into the, you know, helping out in their community and the nonprofit space, especially if they're not originally originally from there.
1: Bill, you want to take that?
2: Yeah, sure. I I just say you have to get involved. I mean, just be involved in anything in your community to get started. Uh, There's always things I would say in every community that you could do uh, to volunteer and just just get involved in anything in your community. Uh, It's a great way to start. I mean, now as far as how do you replicate this? that's kind of a hard one. This thing is 90 years old. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how you replicate this because I'm talking hundreds of volunteers and people just, they just know it's like they, you know, couples that are young couples that are married and come back, they probably were in Rose Festival or involved somehow their families were. It's just normal that every year they're going to do something to help out their kids get involved. Everyone does just the whole community comes together to promote East Texas. So it's a its a pretty fabulous
0: thing. That is a fabulous thing. And, you know, what, you know, I, and it's a perfect segue into the next thing I kind of want to talk about. And that is, you know, it is your 90th year. You know, how does the festival mix tradition and that generational element, but also adding new things to keep the event fresh, to keep things interesting, to keep people wanting to come back year after year? And Liz, I'd love for you to answer this question.
1: Sure. I, I think... um every year has an element of, um, surprise. We try to keep it, uh, fresh, try to create a new theme for the year, um, that, that gets everybody guessing. Um, I think one thing too on the street in the community is who is going to be the queen. That's always kind of a hot topic and People, I think they roll dice out in the street guessing, you know, based <laughs> on gone. Well, her grandmother was a queen and her mother might have been a queen or, a, you know, a ten- so it is, it is fun in the community um, for, <clears throat> for the folks who are um, really into it and wanting to know. But the volunteer aspect, um, each year, I think these ladies, they who get the opportunity to be the coronation chairs and choose their theme that takes a lot of time. It's a lot of um, probably a couple of years in the making, thought Mm -hmm. process, planning, and what would be engaging for the audience from the aspect of the coronation. One thing about the Rose Festival, we do have so many segments of it, but probably the anchor of it is the coronation that is attached to the theme like this year, the, um, the story of film. And with that comes a storyline. Um, it comes individual costumes and uh, a so, so to speak, a theatrical production that is all done by volunteers. Now we have professionals who do the stage design, um, who do the costume design. And it is amazing what our festival is able to give jobs for, the artists that engineer these costumes. I, I, just, that's such a story in itself. Um, but I think just the whole process. And then two, we try to do different things each year, like our parade, our parade is on Saturday morning. As of recently, you know, we've, we try to incorporate every um, civic group, band, school, um cultural group that is interested in participating we have a in um kind of open invitation process to apply to participate it's no cost for these groups to apply to be in the parade we ask them to just have inter, you know to have entertainment value to be something that wouldn't be really engaging for the audience as you travel down the mile and a half parade route but. Um, like I said, each each year it just grows grows in enthusiasm, and so we're we're blessed to keep it going.
0: So it blooms like a rose, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. okay. there's something else that you brought up in here that I do, do want to talk about. And you talked about you, know, you talked about this earlier about the five year commitment that each person who serves on the board does, and you, basically that you kind of get a little bit more involved with each and what I love about it is that one person is always coming on and one person is always coming off, you know, talk a little bit about how that helps both balance stable leadership, but it also at the same time brings in new ideas.
1: Well, I I would say from my standpoint, I've been able to see um, several go along. I think what's nice is when you come on board a lot, some of the guys are more familiar with the process than others. Um, but let me tell you, they waste no time getting fully engaged. They jump right in. They get their team of volunteers that typically are their lead volunteers that follow them through each um, position each year. Or so as they begin, they're getting their feet wet, learning about, and their main purpose is to host the past president's reception, which is a really big function It follows the evening coronation and has in the range of about twelve hundred people that attend. So it's a lot of planning. Um, I would say it's a a amazing uh, wedding reception esque type of events, but the hospitality and our whole mission to bring our guests into town and and show you know show off um, our love for our community, our love for the festival. And just getting, getting, you know, getting everybody tuned in to have a great time. Um, the the next year that they do, they host on when they're on the board, they they do a men's luncheon. So it is it is an amazing time where our and it's kind of an honorarium type thing in the history of the Rose Festival. The men are able to select their speaker of choice. And we've had everybody from, oh, goodness, Bill, we've had
2: yeah, governors, presidents, senators, admirals, business
0: leaders, Athletes,
1: coaches. Um, this year in particular, we're having Ken Hirsch, who will be speaking. He is the um, president, CEO of the George Bush Presidential Library at SMU. And also, he is an author. He's got a new book out. Um, I believe it's called "The Fastest Tortoise." But he is a financial <laughs> guru, and it'll be very interesting to hear his story. But pretty much, it's so they coordinate that men's luncheon piece. Their second year, third year, they're engaged with a rose show, which is a um, event that is from Thursday to Sunday in the rose gardens center to where they collaborate with their volunteers and local vendors to to do this artistic presentation all out of roses. So it's a photo opportunity. It's where we do our opening ribbon cutting. It is the anchor for our rose garden um, center where they come in. And, you know, it's just amazing to see the thousands of people that come in that get to partake and see that beautiful rose presentation, and then on then their fourth year, like Bill was saying, you it's your year to shine as the one who gets to choose the theme for the year, create this um, story of what their um, coronation is going to tell, and then on the fifth year, they the president gets to ask his queen, so. And then along with that, his assistant coordinates the ladies luncheon. So ladies luncheon this year, we have um, Danielle Rollins. She's from Florida. She's an author. She's a lifestyle um, expert, clothing designer. And then she's also worked with a lot of interior designers and branded her own product through um, lots of different house good entities. So um and then after that you're your past president and you're put up on a pedestal for taking the bait for all those years of <laughs> giving of their time, energy and and funds.
0: So Tyler has oh, quite right. a few yes. men emeritus out there. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so that he just said I have to pick the queen this that, <laughs> year.
2: That's, that's no, what I mean. We we haven't even had the and we're already working on next year. and it just it, just like that I mean, one ends and you immediately hear to put it together
0: absolutely absolutely so you know it I loved hearing about the journey of that and the next thing I kind of want to talk about is also the journey that of you all really being able to involve the whole community with a network of volunteers and Liz I'd love for you to give some advice on what advice you would give to someone who really wants to build a good network of volunteers for their event within their community? Because I really can't think of anyone anywhere and mm-hmm. I get to see stuff all around the US that really does that and gets the community done in a way that Tyler does with this with this event.
1: Sure. I would say how we, we have been blessed that this thing has had the longevity that it has. So it's kind of taken its own set of wings as far as volunteerism. Uh, but basically what we do is we just ask, you know, if you have an interest in volunteering, a big part, a small part, just the, you know, day of service, come come to us. Come, you know, I do have a static office at the Tyler Rose Museum at the Rose Garden Center, which is great. Um, But our word of mouth has been very strong. I know, um, you know, the the core volunteers are are so good about approaching new people in the community or or their peers to, hey, we'd love to have you be a part of this, Um, you know, engaging them to come and participate at the summer social functions and just kind of get acclimated to what we're all about. But I think one thing that a a city has, any city that has a festival or something that attracts the tourism, the the commerce, I think until you're, you're on the inside and you do see that economic impact, what it brings to the community, sometimes people go, oh, it's just, you know, that's just a parade for the day or, but this brings thousands of visitors in. That get to you know who stay in our hotels, who you know eat in our restaurants, who shop in our stores, who um, you know gas in their cars. It all goes to the bottom line of sustaining our city and really, um, you know, helping helping us support um, things that that we build on here in the community. So it's great to be able to have our events give back so to speak but as far as the volunteer back to the volunteerism piece it's just it is a happy fun it is social but it's we're very pride pride we have a lot of pride um to show what show what our city has has here
2: so yeah liz, liz is absolutely correct on that rob once i finally got on the board and got on this side I finally re- realized what it really does for East Texas and our community. It's say here from Tyler, Texas, how many people will say the Rose Festival. They just they know about it. They've heard about it, seen it somehow, or knew some people that were in it. And it's pretty amazing. And you really finally realize that you're promoting your community, and that's what we are doing. and that it's easy to get people involved when you explain it that way that, hey, we're promoting our community. This is a way to get involved in your community and promote East Texas. That's fantastic. We've been very blessed.
0: You you all are really fortunate with that. And, you know, Liz, you were saying in your answer several things and they actually are leading questions to some things, you know, I really want to talk about. And I'd love either, either of you to weigh in on this, but, you know, how does the Rose Festival engage with other local nonprofits? Because I think, you know, there's often a perception out there that, you know, nonprofits are kind of their own singular entity and, you know, it's not a business, whereas, you know, businesses may not collaborate and partner, but nonprofits do. So talk about how, you know, the Rose Festival engages other nonprofits within Tyler and if if it does it happen beyond Tyler.
1: Sure. I can I can say one thing that I've really strived to do is you know, as as we work and we try to be smart with our monies and and since we are Providing entertainment for our community, you know, a lot has to go into that. As far as the parade, you know, we we raise money to actually be able to put on this production, to have um, have these events here in the city. But what we do pride ourselves and love the opportunity to do is give back as we can. We we do make contributions, we do honorariums to our speakers. Uh, We do support our first responders with um, monetary gifts. We like to choose charities like the Boys and Girls Club to honor and to give back to. We've done PATH, People Attempting to Help, which is a great uh, food bank entity, a local nonprofit here. We've done support with the Salvation Army, um, contributions to them. We'll also do fun work days just as a team and go to the East Texas Food Bank. Um, We've done, you know, a multitude of things. We've featured, we've been able to host parade floats with, uh, like, our local veterans. We've got a a group here in Tyler that's Camp V, and and it's a local veterans group that, you know, they provide via. Emotional support, health benefit—you know—a um, variety of resources that veterans can use within our community, which is great. So it's nice to be able to feature some of those entities and um, let it be let it be known how many other nonprofits there are here in town. And we just—it's great to be able to engage.
2: Well, I love- also take. Oh, go ahead. Oh, just to say also to our Rose Scholars that we've, we've teamed up with UT, Tyler, right. uh, University of Texas here at Tyler, and they give out. We we select two uh, recipients of scholarships. It's a full ride scholarship for one year at UT, which is which is pretty awesome. And it's pretty fun to go in that these these kids are kids. These young adults are really amazing. We go in to do these interviews and we they select they narrow it down to about eight. And then we've got to go through an interview and select two. That's a hard choice because they're impressed with every one of them. We'd like to give all eight out, out scholarship, but unfortunately yeah. we can only give two.
1: And then we also do, through the East Texas Communities Foundation, we have one um, scholar that we give um, on our side as well. So annually, we were, we're able to select. And as our as our funds grow, that we contribute to that fund, hopefully we'll be able to you know, add on additional spots for more um, scholarships.
0: Well, I love that you all really use the Rose Festival as a platform to elevate others. Because when you, because the communities have so many different needs and you all Mm -hmm. just laid out so many different types of organizations that touch so many different aspects of the Tyler community. And that's, you can totally see why you know you all are so successful with it because you really bring it in and you really share the prosperity you know and the largesse that is texas because texas is a very giving state you really mm. showcase that really beautifully in how you were describing that
1: thank you thank you
0: absolutely and you know i for this next question i love you know because one of the things you know is the coronation And, you know, the way a coronation works is, yes, there are are many people in Tyler, but there will also be, you know, princesses that come in from out of town that come into Tyler for the event. So tell us a little bit about how the organization engages with people from other cities. And Bill, I'd love your thoughts on this, you know, because um, you'll be, you know, handling the coronation this year.
2: Well, how we engage everyone else out the thing. Like, again, this has been going on for 90 years. So it is well known around the state of Texas. Um, and you've got folks from Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, all over that somewhere down the road, either their family was from here, or they have connections here or had friends from here. So you we have a list that of all these young ladies, uh, I guess you could say prospects, Uh, that have been in events or showed interest. Uh, And then Liz may be able to speak a little more to this, how they get the, the list out.
1: Sure, sure. I can say we do have all of the girls and young men that participate in the Texas Rose Festival have to be actively enrolled in college. So basically, we see grandmothers, we see family members, we see community people, volunteers that submit names of families that they feel would be interested in participating in the Texas Rose Festival. At the time, um, they are invited now, since COVID blessed us with a pause, (laughs) they used to be a junior or a sophomore, now they present as juniors, which in a good sense, that's been great for us. Um, but actually, you know, if somebody, um, and that's how, the, that's how our list comes together. It's word of mouth. It's a sister's done it, an aunt's done it, a grandmother's done it, and a, a dad's participated. So, um, and then a lot of these students who have been in it or desire to be in it, they kind of collaborate and say, hey, would you have interest to participate in the Texas Rose Festival? They send their contacts, their families' um, addresses to me, their contact information, and we send this beautiful packet, you know, um, invitation for their interest, and, but any, if anybody and you know people do ask well how do we participate and it's like you know you you raise your hand you volunteer your family volunteers from a local standpoint um volunteers or contributes sponsors and when their child is of the age to receive an invitation hopefully they let us know that their child is of that age and then we submit the invitations to them as well but um it, it's it's just amazing how many how many people um, have heard or learned or haven't learned but study up on it and decide that this is really something special and it's a really a legacy here in our state, it's a piece of Texas history, and that they would love to participate.
0: Well, I love how you both answered that because you know, Bill kind of touched on this with, with um, you know, mentioning, you know, the prospects of certain certain girls being princesses you know what you what you really kind of highlighted there and punctuated is it's not hey be involved this year it's it is something that is an ongoing process and you continually engage with them over the year so it's not an immediate ask and I think that's where a lot of organizations get tripped up with their events is it's not You know certain things need to be nurtured and if you want to be something that goes on for nine decades you have to be able to nurture you have to be able to let it grow it's like you know a tree or a plant you've got to let it bloom and blossom and over time when it's you know when it's at you know when when it's at its peak you know they're ready you know they're ready to go i mean it's just I i love how you kind of describe that and that it's a cultivation over, yes. over a period of time mm-hmm. to make that happen. And it doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's a really important point you brought up.
1: Exactly. I think to our Tyler, you know, our younger volunteers, you know, they have, they have young children, littles, and they aspire also in our court with our ladies-in-waiting and our out-of-town duchesses. We have um, the Queen's little attendants. So that is a very coveted... <laughs> position for little people, um, from the ages of the second grade to the fifth grade. So you will see these, um, mothers, you know, and they, and they, they're passionate about it. They volunteer year after year. So, and as, as they do, and as the queen and the president chooses who the young attendants will be in the court that next year, it definitely, um, gets us a volunteer group at a younger capacity over than looking at, oh, I just want to do something one and done. You know, it, it keeps everybody going, but I think it's a, it's a great um, fraternity abroad of, of all of it to, it's, it's, it's fun to do year after year.
0: Absolutely. So I'd love to hear, you know, from each of you, some things that guests can expect and that you're both looking forward to for this year's Texas Rose Festival. Liz, you gave me a look there. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say. But Bill, I want to start with you.
2: I was going to say, I'll be selfish. The coronation, <laughs> you know, and you've been involved in it, been working on it for the past three years. Or let me really say, Cassie, my assistant and her co-chair, Ashley McCain, they, they have done an incredible job with it. So I am... Very excited about the coronation this year and to be able to see all the design and everything come together. And this is going to be fabulous.
0: Fantastic. And Liz, what about you?
1: Well, I tell you, everything kicks off on Thursday with our ribbon cutting ceremony that um, we kind of reveal the artistry of the Rose, um, how the designer has come together with our volunteers to put their vision into place. And it's just such a beautiful backdrop to to kick off um, our events. And then we also in the Rose Garden Center, we have the Palette of Roses Art League, which that's another thing in the community. There are local artists that I believe this is their 76th year, that they have a free art show in the building and their level of expertise and art is amazing. And they're actually gonna be doing a juried art show where the artists have put together some piece of art that's resemblance of our theme. So whatever it may be, they have been given a, um, a film theme or a Hollywood theme. So all these artists are going to do renderings of their interpretation of something and there will be um, prizes and awards. So we've got that piece that goes on in our building as well. Um, also, downtown, there's another art show where they have, you know, more local art display that kind of parlays into our theme for this year. And then on Friday, we'll have our luncheons, which are going to be great. Um, we typically we do sell tickets to those events. It's as they are ticketed events through the UT Tyler Cowan Center box office. And we have the men's luncheon. We have the ladies' luncheon. Now, if, if the men's speaker appeals to you and you'd rather go to that than the ladies, are, we're not saying you can't <laughs> go hear you who you want to um, hear speak. But um, Daniel Rollins will be um, speaking at the ladies' luncheon. And then, um, like I said, Ken Hirsch will be speaking for the men's luncheon. Then we have the two presentations of the coronation. And then Saturday morning, We kick it off with that parade. I love, love, love the parade. It will be televised live. Um, Fantastic. Our local uh, KETK, our NBC affiliate, they go over and beyond to help us put on an amazing production. So they come out with their team. We'll be out here on the grounds at 630 in the morning. Um, getting everything together, getting the floats lined up to go, getting the um, all of the civic groups, the schools, the bands, the entertainment that we have provided, they will, um, that all kicks off at nine am till eleven. And then in the afternoon from one to three in the Tyler Rose Garden, which is the largest municipal rose garden in the country, and it is on the you know, the National Register of Historic Places. We do have the Queen's Tea, which is open um, to the community. It's free to attend. It is hosted by the Queen's family, and it is a beautiful reception where all of the girls in their beautiful adorned costumes will be on display and It's just such a special thing to see. Everybody comes in, they get to go up and talk to each girl, um, you know, meet, meet people, greet families come in. Um, but it is, so thousands of people come out to get to view that. And it's just, it's a beautiful ceremony. And so after three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, everybody takes a deep breath. I try to get my um, rose museum put back together and, um, and then, you know, we start planning for the next
0: year. And you start and planning say, the day after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Once I and work the through the lost
1: and found and um, get everybody's stuff, you know, that we've found along the way. But um, no, we're we're always already actively planning for 2024.
0: Oh, and Bill, what did you what want to add? I was just going to say
2: the T. She's right about the tea where it's open to the community. And it's pretty, I have to say my daughter, the year that she was queened, I have to say that she says that that was probably her most favorite event, even though you're in full dress and having to sit outside and it's warm. But you have all these little girls that are dressed up. They may be dressed up in fairy tale costumes or whatever, but they want to go take pictures with all of these young ladies in their full costume. And then the highlight is to be able to go up to stand beside the queen and take a picture with them in there. It, it's just amazing to see these little kids in their eyes. And it's just it's just such a neat event. It's pretty fun
0: that sound that sounds really amazing, and i I think it bears repeating the largest rose garden in the United States, everyone, is in Tyler, Texas. so you know anytime you are on i 30, make sure to stop there and go you know and go and visit that and you know and obviously, if you're there in October, make sure to go and stay for the the Rose Festival, of course
1: absolutely.
0: Fantastic. Well, you know, we could literally go on all day chatting. Um, You two have both been <laughs> such wonderful guests, and I hope you all will come on again next year to talk about the 91st one.
1: Oh, sure. We'd be honored. Sure.
0: Thank you so much, Bill, and yeah. thank you so much, Liz, for joining us today.
1: You're very welcome, yeah. Rob.
0: Thank you, Rob. Really appreciate and it. Absolutely. And the 90th annual Texas Rose Festival, benefiting the Tyler Rose Museum, will be on October 19th through 22nd, 2023 in Tyler, Texas. For more information, please visit texasrosefestival.com. And that will do it for this episode of Fun and Fundraising. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care.